Tonight about tonight's show Entitled Which are you, sheep or goat? Tonight we're discussing Which are you, sheep or goat? And linking it in with what's going on In today's society When it comes to love And showing love This show is open forum If you want to chime in Just chime in by pressing the number one On your phone And um, without further ado, I'll bring on our co-host, Nichelle Johnson, and then we'll give you a little brief synopsis of today's show. Welcome back, Nichelle. How are you doing? Thank you, Hezekiah. I am doing great. Getting ready for the holiday and glad to be back on the show. Excellent, excellent. I see everyone around Baltimore and everyone around Baltimore is getting ready for the holiday. And we're going to pray and hope that everyone is going to be safe for the holiday as well. Now, tonight's episode, brief, a brief synopsis before we get into it. In Matthew twenty-five thirty-one to 46 says, Jesus teaches that when the Son of Man comes in glory, he will separate the sheep from the goats. Some were very unsuspectingly surprised with his answer at the end of that scripture. They also they also will answer, Lord, when did we see hungry and thirsty, or a stranger, or needing clothes, or sick, or in prison, and did not help you? He will reply, Truly I tell you, whatever you do not do for the one of the least of these, you will not do it for me. Then they will go away to eternal punishment, but the righteous to eternal life. What am I talking about? And before before I even go on, I'm going to read the whole scripture, which says it starts at 31 and ends at 41, basically. And it says, when the Son of Man comes into his glory and all the angels with him, he will sit on the glorious throne and the nations will be gathered before him and he will separate the people from one another as the shepherd separates the sheep from the goats he will not put the sh- he will put the sheep on his right side and the goats on his left then the king will say to those on his right come you are who are blessed by my father take your inheritance the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me in. I needed clothes, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you looked after me. I was in prison, and you came to visit me. Then the righteous will answer him, Well, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you something to eat? When did we see a stranger and invite you in or needing clothes and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison and go to visit you? 
the king will reply, Truly I tell you, whatever you do for the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did it for me. And what am I saying? And what am I talking about? Well, I'm glad you asked. As we're going on our daily lives, we are actually, are we living as sheep? (coughs) Excuse me. Or are we living as goats? (coughs) Excuse me. It's easy to be self-centered and live a life, live like a goat and think we're doing what's right for everyone around us. But it's truly hard to live like the example that Christ gave us and love the people that are. Love the people that are hard to love or that have made terrible mistakes in life. We have to remember that all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And with that, we will um, go in to the show, and I'll actually explain a scenario to you. And we're going to do a little discussion on that, and as people come in, we'll um, do some more chiming in um, about that. Now, with the unrest and things that are going on in Baltimore and around our country, there are so many things that are happening. What can we do as Christians you know, are we going to fall into the goat category or are we going to fall into the sheep category? Category Because we have to pick one or the other. You know, there's no such thing as <clears throat> being both. And the scenario is this, and, um, and this has been on my mind for the past couple of weeks. Um, a friend of mine told me that, you know, he was going on his vacation and he just rented a car. And, you know, as he was driving in one of the streets of Baltimore, you know, some young man decided that, you know, he's going to be rude and actually, you know, instead of paying attention to what he was doing, he's going to, um, you know, and, you know, as the person was trying to get out of traffic, the same person that was behind him was trying to do the same thing. And he caused a slight, you know, hit and run accident instead of stopping this young man, African-American male, decides to run. Now, he hits, runs, and then just up and down the highway and then comes back. Now, this is with all that is going on, um, Michelle, I'm trying to figure out what are we going to do. I remember talking to Brother Farr a couple weeks ago. Um, what are we going to do, or what should we do? What are we going to do with our you know, young men, you know, in society as we're trying to show love all around. We're trying to, you know, help the young people figure out what's wrong and what's right as we're trying to teach them because, we, you know, you know, if we say, well, the society is not treating them right, society is not, you know, you know, treating them the way they should. But the question, you know, that I'm answering is what should we do or how should we, you know, handle Situations like that when you're the right one, you're trying to do what's right, but then we have our young, you know, the young, some of the younger generations that's acting all willy-nilly, not thinking about other people's property or things that, you know, they're just doing what they want to do. And then when we see these things happening up on the news, then, you know, yes, you know, we want justice, but, you know, as Christians, what, you know, what are we going to do when we're trying 
to make, you know, trying to make our young people see the difference between right and wrong. Because, you know, if, when a police get involved, when the police get involved, we're trying to say, okay, you know, they were the police went wrong. But then, as we're going through these scenarios, I mean, what do we do? Because, you know, as Christians, you know, we're we are to try to show them the way. But, you know, my other question is, what do you do when they don't want to follow the way, you know, that we're trying to show them? Well, um, Hezekiah, I think that one of the biggest things that we can do is is give them an example to follow. And I'm saying give them an example to follow, but in order for them to follow the example, they need to see the example. So we can get we can be a good example, but if we're not interacting with our young people in order to show them the good example, then, you know, what 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 really is the purpose? And this is actually one of the things that, you know, I really think that the church as a whole and each one of us individually uh, needs to do more of, we need to definitely interact with our youth and not only the the youth that are in our churches, but the youth on the street. You know, mm-hmm. gone are the days, gone are the days and times where you know the neighbors looked out for you, and if you did something three blocks away from your house, your mother knew about it by the time you got home. Exactly. Gone are the, gone are the days of if you're in church and and you do something inappropriate that sister or that mother sitting next to you or that brother sitting next to you will scold you. And, and you know, the same as if your parent would do, basically. And, and uh, you know, that just made it, you know, they say it, it takes a village. It really does take the village. And so we need to get back to that village mentality that each one of us is responsible for mentoring and being an example for our young people. Yes, yes, I, I definitely understand that. But what do we do? And I have nothing. No, right now, you know, I have nothing against you know the women, but young people I'm thinking about are you know the our society of young men. We have women out there raising. Uh, you know, nothing against women, but we have women out there trying to raise their boys to be men. And sometimes it's hard for a woman to raise a boy to be men because, you know, they get out there trying to, you know, grow up, get caught up with the wrong people. And we still have to try to show them love. They get caught up, you know, some of them want to grow up to be thugs. Some of them try to grow up to be gentlemen. Some are trying to find where their place is. But um, Sir Isaac Newton said, for every action there's an equal or opposite reaction. And a lot of these young men that we're trying to raise aren't, you know, and as people, and as you point out, the church, where you know, it's hard in the church, it's hard outside the church. So, you know, but we, when we go before Christ, 
we have to be able to, you know, say, well, say, as he was saying, when did we see you? Now, we have to be willing to show a love. Yeah, it's, we get angry. We get upset. We get uptight. Sometimes we, you know, we want to throw our hands up or throw our fists up and just ready to knock, you know, some of these young people upside their head. And then they'll look as like we three kinds of stupid. But we have to figure out a way to continue showing that same love that Christ wants us to show. You know, the, the ministers, the preachers, the deacons, I mean, we we have to get out there. Yes, you know, you know, all this unrest that's been going on, but we have to realize that, okay, you know, we're, we're trying to do stuff, but the devil is always going to be there. And as um, my pastor, he was teaching this week, you know, we're all going to have those moments where things just keep piling up. Things happen. He was talking about Job, and I just want to reiterate, he was talking about Job and how things just kept happening, happening, happening. But those are just tests. So, what, and again, you know, what do we do? Because everything has changed. Things have changed in the church. Things have changed out they, outside the church. They say, you know, in, in the spiritual realm, but the, the regular realm of, you know, and the natural you know, they, as you said, it takes a village to raise a child. Well, that village is scattered right now because as things are happening, we're not letting people or people are not letting themselves be used in a way where they can help out. You know, we don't want to see the young men, you know, going to jail. We don't want to see anybody, you know, dying in jail. We don't want to, you know, we want our young men, you know, because they are our future, and they're there, and the, and the women that join in as well are there to help. But we, as a group, we as a people, have to try to figure out what do we. You know, we got to show. We still got to show love. Yes, I'm sure that person was angry at that young man, but with so much is going on, it's almost like you can see why things are happening the way they are, because you know. You know, our young people see what's going on, but again, they still drive up, driving around like that young man was, hit somebody, don't even care about it, going up around, running running away, and then if he gets caught, what's going to happen? We know what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. You know, society's going to, you know, the camera's going to come out. <laughs> um, people going to say, okay, what are you going to do? They want to see the police slip up, but we have to do our part. We can't always blame those in authority. We have to do our part. Because if we don't do our part and something happens, then, you know, we can't continue to blame the name game. The the blame game started way back with Adam and Eve. That's nothing new. Um, What do you think, Michelle? Well, like I said, we have to be... Involved So it has to be a grassroots Effort Nowadays If you say something to A young person And uh, I'll give an example Of um, You know When I when I really saw this in action I was, I was at my daughter's school And 
I was walking the hallways, and I always walk her around to, you know, at least halfway around to her classroom. And so I was standing there and watch her walk the rest of the way. And, um, you know, with some students that were coming through the hallway, and they were, well, first let me mention my daughter had said hello to a young lady who was walking in the hallway, and they kept walking and, and you know, we kept walking. Then um, there was a, a lot of young men that came through the hallway. And by the time I turned back around, to, you know, go back out of the school, they were saying some very inappropriate stuff to the young lady. And when I rounded the corner, I was kind of in shock because I heard it before I got around the corner. And I rounded the corner and, you know, they kind of looked surprised for a minute, like, oh, oh no, I'm adult, you know. But then one of the young men just kept talking. And I was very taken aback because, the, the children, they really don't respect, some of them don't even respect their own parents, but they don't respect adults like, you know, like it used to be. So I just was kind of standing there, and I guess I was a little bit in shock that he kept on doing that after he saw me. And I was already looking at him funny because of what I had heard. And so it got to a point where I felt the need, I really felt the need to turn around and say something. And so I was like, you need to get to class and out of the hallway. And he kind of looked at me, and I could see it in his eyes that he was ready to buck against me for talking to him. And I kind of looked at him, and he looked at me, and then I guess he thought, uh, forget it, and walked on. And I said, you know, if he had chosen to buck against me, I was considering what was what would you have said or what you have done, you know, because you're not an administrator at the school, you're not his parent, you know, you're not a teacher. So what what is it that you would have done? And and so that's that's something to consider, and we really need to consider how we interact with our young people. Because if we never, one, if we never speak up, and that is, that's what a lot of people have done, they've kept silent. And so now the kids continue to do disrespectful things in front of adults. But we need to speak up more. And, yes, we see these videos on Internet and different things like that where the students are attacking teachers, attacking people on the bus, you know, all of this. This is because it's gotten way out of hand. Somewhere along the line, you know, that village mentality that I was talking about at last. And now we're to the point where we are now where, you know, people hear the children like on the bus and whatever, they're cursing and acting up horrible Nobody, it, it could be 20 adults on the bus and no one says anything. And so this is behavior that learned, and me and you were actually talking about this um, the other day, like this is behavior, it's not the first time. So this is behavior exactly. that learned over a time period, 
And so over a long time period, they've realized that, you know, they can act up and nobody's going to say anything to them. And then it gets to the point that they get so haughty and proud and, you know, think they're, you know, all of this and whatever and nobody can mess with them. If an adult does say something, they do tend to go into a mob mentality and gang up on them. So this is, you know, it's really serious. And the one thing, because we were talking about the unrest that was going on, so that, that mother, I truly commended that mother that came out. She didn't care if any other parents came outside. She came outside exactly. by her child, and she disciplined him, and she didn't care. And and I think it's a shame that they got to the point where they were talking about sending child protective services and all of that. And see that that's where the issue is right there. But I'm sorry, I'm, I'm that, just off on the tangent. But anyway, because I oh, feel very no, wrong. no, no, because I I feel the same way. Because if you look about, it, if you look at it, it doesn't that young man that hit that vehicle and went off hit and run, that didn't just start when he was an adult. That started just like you said. That started at a mob or getting the gang or as a in school just saying whatever he wanted to say do and say growing up. So as he becomes an adult it was already a learned behavior. So now he thinks, Okay, I'm going to do whatever I want to do in life. No responsibility. Don't care. I mean, if I hit somebody, if not, if I kill somebody, no responsibility. But, you know, because society has taken a parent's role of being a parent and raising a child, just as you said, oh, we're going to get this mother who pulled her son out, you know, who pulled her son out of that group. Okay, what would have happened, and I'm talking to the audience now, what would have happened if her son was in that mob and was one of the ones or something tragic would have happened to him because she did not intervene as a mother? Okay? We got to think about that. She intervened. That was one last tragedy could have happened. But we, we, as deacons, as pastors, as preachers, as, you know, you know whatever, we still, and this is about love, we still, have to try to figure out, because Satan is going to do his best to make sure the seed, which are our children, the seed, which are those young men, he, they, they don't. He doesn't want to see those young men say, "Okay, I'm gonna get my life together and just start going to church and walking the church door." That's not his. That's not his design. His, he's come to kill, destroy. That's his job to try to get these young men. Because if a group of men stand up and be, you know, show society that, hey, we're not going to take this anymore. We're going to take back our young men. We're going to take back our young young, young women, teach them how to be true women of God, treat them how to be true men of God, treat them how to be an example in society instead of out there partying all night, instead of out there just doing whatever they want and causing havoc and being another statistic. We have to venture out there and say enough is enough, you know, because, again, we are our brother's keeper. Regardless of what we say, how we do it, you know, we were given that great commandment that God gave, you know, that Christ gave the disciples, you know. And that's, again, you know, you're listening to the man in the mirror with host Hezekiah Montgomery and co-host 
uh, Michelle Johnson, and you can call in our guest line at 917-889-2271 and press number one on your phone um, if you have anything to say. And today's episode is entitled, Which Are You, a Sheep or a Goat? Loving Your Neighbor in Today's Society, and We Still Have to Show Love Regardless of What's Going On. But the question is, how do we show that love when our young people are just coherently just doing what they want to do? Just out in one of my pet peeves is a young man disrespecting uh, a grown woman that can actually be his mother. That is one of my pet peeves. I mean, if you disrespected another woman like that, then that tells me nine times out of ten that you disrespected your mother in some form, shape, or fashion. And so when you go out in society, go to school, you're disrespecting the teachers. When you go anywhere else, you're disrespecting, you know, them. That's the issue that we have. Now, we, you know, can't keep blaming society. We have to take back. We have to show the love that Christ was saying. So when we do go there, we can, when Christ say, well, when did we show you? When you just, when you decide to take that young man Forgive him and show him the right way. Yeah. Yeah, I think we have to. I think that is one of the keys. Um, We can't come off. Yes, we know we are the adults and they are the children. And, you know, that's fine. But we can't come off like, well, because I am an adult you better listen to me and this is that and the other because it's gotten it's gotten too far for that approach at this time. And that's really not like you were saying, how God wanted or wants us to approach because guess what? Each one of those children are are souls that the Lord is hoping to win back to him. And so when we approach them we do need to approach them in a loving, neat manner. And this is not always something that can be done on the street, per se, but it could be. Mm-hmm. But if they already have people doing that in their everyday life, then it will become easier for them to accept that from a complete stranger. And it's the it's the uh, exact opposite effect of what has been going on, which is just being ignored or scoffed at, and they just keep getting worse and worse. But instead, if now the teachers are, you know, coming with with uh, words of encouragement and love and and with a meek spirit and all of that. And then if their parents at home are coming, now this is, you know, of course this is not going to work out like this in all areas so perfectly. <laughs> that that would be fantastic. But if they're getting it in some area of their life, it breaks down that wall and actually makes it easier for them to accept from others, even a stranger. So if that stranger on the street approaches them in a loving, kind manner, if they've been getting the same thing from home or the same thing from school or the same thing, you know, at a community center or 
a you know place where they where they go, then they are more um, accepting of it. So it starts with at least one person, just one person in each child's life. Can we get them to approach them in meekness and love and kindness and show them the way through example, uh, rather than just telling it to them? Right, right. Um, we we still have to lead the example. Um, we have some comments in the chat box, and I'll let you take care of that, Michelle, before we move on. Oh, we have our old favorite, C. Maria Wall. She is chatting up a storm over here. <laughs> um, and I'll just read some of the comments that she actually wrote. She, she was talking about, you know, being silent. She said that is the true tragedy, being silent and doing nothing. And I definitely agree with that. And another sad part, she says, is that I've not seen one church or pastor on television walking those neighborhoods since the riot. So I think that's something definitely for discussion uh, because did it just stop when the television cameras stopped rolling? Stop. So that's a good question. Um, she made a comment to leave the non-blacks out of the equation. We as a people are failing ourselves. I can kind of agree with that. Mm-hmm. And she said the parents are an issue at times. I think that's what she meant to say. Some some folks are just plain old weasels. <laughs> mm-hmm. well, well, I mean, you know, I agree with, with, with what she's saying because, you know, definitely that part. So I want us to go back to that part about the the pastors of the churches, now that the cameras cameras have stopped rolling um, for the riots. So, you know, what do you think about that? Because, I mean, I have to say, now, I do know myself um, from personal experience that there actually are some, some grassroots efforts that are still going on. Um, like right. I, just, I got hit up a couple of times because I know a few people um, who are involved with the 300 um, Men March and the 300 Men Organization, and so I know they are still um, hitting the streets, basically, and doing some things. So I think right. that's definitely admirable for for them. And actually, um, before the show is over, I'm going to try to go and find the um, post in reference to the 300 um, men events that are going on so we can let the folks know, you know, that's definitely right, something yeah. they can get involved in. Um, and I do know those brothers do hit the, hit the street. They definitely hit the street. And about that comment, uh, Melanie, Melanie Inspires Thomas, she actually made that comment. She said, I can attest that is the truth. The parents an issue, you know, parents are an issue at times. So yes, parents can be an issue. We we know that, and I, we thank you, um, Melanie, for that comment because oh, yeah. you know Sorry. we we have to you know parents you know parents some we some of our parents do have to grow up because you know you can't be a, you know to me and I don't want to hurt me you know you have to be the parent. 
So the child teach your child how to be, how to grow up. We can't have a child and a parent acting the same all the time. Somebody has to be the parent and grow up. So, you know, we can help. Because our job is to help these young people make it into heaven. They need guidance. And that's why, you know, God gave them to you as, you know, gave you, gave you in charge of them. They're your seed. We have to help these young people um, grow up. And Maria made a comment earlier. She said that the piles are either less. Uh, tests, lessons, or a combination of both. So she was, you know, she's basically saying that there's things going on. Are these these can be tests, lessons, or maybe a combination? But for us to learn as we're going through um, all of all of these, because guess what? We as the adults have to help these young people grow up. We don't want no more Freddie Graves. We don't want, you know, our children being unsafe in the streets, you know, not just in Baltimore, uh, Charleston, down south, um, Philadelphia, all over. We want our young people to be safe wherever they go. And I thank you, Maria, for all the comments because you're just um, commenting up a storm, and we always appreciate that. But, um, but yes, we want our young people that when they – we want them to start thinking first, not reacting first, and then thinking later, you know, because, again, we want everyone – and this is just my – you know, this is just me. I want everyone that I come across to at least see something in me that they will want to um, see that in me and follow what God has put in me. You know, love, long-suffering, you know, the fruits of the Spirit. You know, that yeah, you get angry when yep. things happen. You know, we get angry when things happen. God knows we get angry. I'm sorry, you were saying something? I was just agreeing with you. It's the, the fruits of the spirit is definitely what we need to be displaying. Because we have to remember, you know, none of us are perfect. And it's one of my favorite quotes that I say within my book, and me and my uncle was talking about that a while ago, is that all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And our young people still have to know we make mistakes as well. You know, where none of us are perfect. Ah, uh, we have Maria again, and she's. I'm trying to keep up with this woman. <laughs> it's hard. She's a hard, hard. one. To, yeah, it's hard to keep up with her. Yeah, she went. Um, she went a few minutes ago, and she said. As she, you know, when you said about the preachers, as everything stopped with the media, she said they should be on the streets every week and call the media every time. And she also said, if the media can show the bad, they can they can promote the good. That's one hundred percent true. And she said we need to teach the difference between reacting versus responding. That is correct. 
you know, you know, those emotions, we have to, you know, I always try to tell people, you need to be in control of your emotions. Don't let your emotions control to you, be in control of you. Because reacting is one different versus responding to let your rea- let your emotions take over. Instead of say, hey, you know, okay, I'm not going to, I'm going to react or I'm going to respond in a different way. She also said, I cannot see Melanie's comments at all on Facebook may be acting up tonight. Yeah, I agree with you, Maria. It is acting up a little <laughs> crazy. <laughs> yes, it's hard to keep up with you. Yeah, you're, you're, but I enjoy it. You know, you're you're the the mentor of the night, the mentor of the evening. You know, you keep us you keep us thinking. But truly, I want us to all you know. I want us to realize that we, you know, we are out there mad, upset, but we have to find a way as men, and, and I hope, you know, Michelle, when you get a chance, put that um, in the 300 men in the um, event page so those who, you know, those may, those who haven't seen it may get a chance to see it and join along because we have to get out there. We have to help yeah. these young men. They, and, you know, these young men are our future. They're not, they're not perfect. I mean, we have to be able to show Christ or what, you know, Christ's love. They have to see that love in us, good, bad, or indifferent. We have to show them, you know, are we going to be the sheep or are we going to be the goat? The goat could care less. But are we going to be the sheep, you know, because, you know, we have to go out there visit the sick. We have to go out there mentor these young women. We have to go out there mentor these young men. We have to go and be the salt of the earth. We have to bring them in, you know, because we want, you know, we want them to grow grow up to be young women of God, young men of God. We want, you know, we want them to be the future. We want them to be the salt of the earth. But the only way they can do it is they see it, as you said, in action. They have to be able to see it in action. So, you know, when they see it in us, then they'll know how to respond, you know, going along with um, with um, Maria said. When they see it in us, then they'll know how to respond because if they don't know, if they can't see it, then it's going to be hard for them to respond. What do you think, Michelle? Well, oh, I see Maria beat me to it. She actually shared the 300 Men March page. She's just an um, awesome on... woman. <laughs> um, so I thank her for that. Pull that over. Um, so there's actually there's actually an event going on um, on July 10th. Is the date of the event? So that's one week from today. So. Um, Definitely, you know, click on the page. Look, the event is on their uh, website. So look at it and definitely get involved. And I know there's actually a um, a push going on for more women to also get involved with the 300 men um, activities in order to support them. And also, you know, we need to reach out to our young ladies as well because they're, the, the youth are all having issues. I, I honestly do believe that if the male children can get together 
it'll help the the female children get it together. But you know, the the female female um, young ladies they need an example to look at too. So I think that that was an excellent idea for them to have the women start to get involved in some of the activities that they're doing as well. So thank you for posting and, that. And uh, and I appreciate that again. Um, Maria, I definitely appreciate that. Now, my my question is, and we have about five more minutes before we go on break. You are listening live with the man in the mirror, your host, Hezekiah L. Montgomery, and co-host, Michelle Johnson. My question is, as I'm hearing around, I mean, how do we teach, and this is a subject that we've been, um, that's been in society for hundreds of years, how do we teach young men how to be young men? And how do we get that old wives tale or old tale that they think that a young man, you know, to prove that he is a man has to show his sow his wild oats? Because again, as he's growing up, we're going to have, you know, more babies around, more things happening because in this young man's mind, to, to for me to be a man, I have to, you know, I have to sow my uh, wild oats. And uh, right today I'm not understanding that because the cost of every time someone makes a baby, the cost of, you know, every young lady that gets pregnant, the cost of, you know, building more schools in society, the cost of, you know, it has to come when we have to teach our young men. And tonight I'm preaching to the men. We have to be responsible for the younger men that are teaching them that, hey, going out there trying to sell your royal, royal, uh, royal oats is not the key. You know, you know that flesh, yes, yeah, that flesh. That flesh is hard, you know, because we always try to please the flesh. But then... We're doing generation after generation of the same thing. If you're not ready to take care of that child, and she's not ready to take care of that child, and we're sowing, you're sowing your royal oats, and all these babies are coming along, then this generation hasn't been fixed, and then the next generation is going to, hasn't been fixed, and then it's just going to be a generational curse that continues. And why? Because someone hasn't decided to take that young man or that young woman and said, this isn't the way. You have to be in control of what's going on in your life. Don't worry about what the other guys say, because they're going to say all kind of things. Because they're under the anarchy of what's going, what other people continue to say, how a man should act, how a young man should be. But the Bible teaches us as men and as women, women, how we should be. Ah, there we go. Everyone, um, um, before we go on to that, did you have anything to say with um, to that, Michelle? No, I think you said it perfectly. Okay, see, see um, Miss Maria Wall, the great one, um, she says, when I do a seminar, we switch. I work with lots of males so they can understand 
that it is like for me to be a lady and how I expect to be treated, but more so much respected. I have my male counterparts. Okay. Excellent. A larger part of this, in fact, is women think we can do all of it alone and men feel jilted and isolated when men, okay, when when men feel jilted and isolated, they act okay. okay. Mm-hmm. Yep. Well, and I think that that is definitely an example um, that we that we need to show the children as well because I mean, what honestly, what what examples? And I I know we have some good examples, but what examples have we had? You know of men being and respectful of women and showing a love to them. But as Maria said, more important, how much respect women have for men as well. So this is something else that the kids need to see. We just need to, to come up in several different areas, and that's all of us. Yes, the, the men need to come up. They need to come back into the home. And when I say back into the home, that doesn't mean you have to be with the, the woman that you have children with. If, that's, if that can't be the case, that's fine. But when I say back in the home, you need to be there for your kids. It needs to be a lot of rebuilding. We did not get to where we are um, overnight. So it's going to take time to rebuild if we do it correctly. And I know that, you know, that, that this is a tall order. But like I said earlier, if you start one person at a time, you know, everyone's looking at this is too big of an issue, this is too big of a problem. And when that happens, we just let things go by the wayside because we feel like it's too big of an issue. We can't solve it by ourselves. And so we, we, we do nothing. Instead, we need to start being that one person. If no one else is doing it, let you be the one person. And if everybody starts being the one person, guess what? <laughs> It'll be everybody. So. Uh, uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. And you're one. You're one hundred percent correct. But we need that one person because it's kind of funny. We're always waiting around to see who's going to do it, and nothing is getting done. <laughs> Excuse me. At that one moment, because I'm going to wait around, is Fred going to do it? Or I'm going to wait around, Susie going to do it? While we're waiting around, no one's taking that one true initiative to say, hey, I'm going to do this. Exactly. Because that fear. I see Maria's getting on us in the room. She said she decided to come in, call in herself. <laughs> Uh-oh. Uh-oh, here she comes. Hey, that's what she should have did in the first place. She waited too long. That that's a good thing. That is a good thing. So are we going to um, go to break um, now? Yeah, we want to go to break. Go ahead and okay. So we can get more wall comments after break to hear, you know, her fabulous take on this issue. <laughs> I know. I hope she comes after you first because I'm going to hide in the corner while she talks. 
But um, before we go to break, we're going to mention our sponsors for, you know, our sponsors for the man in the mirror, music instruction for all learners, where music knows no age. If you're interested in music instruction, such as piano lessons and instrumental lessons, please contact us at 443-574-5491 to set up an appointment or to talk to our instructors. Visit our website at www.musicinstructionfal.com. And another sponsor is Curvy Boss Project. Curvy Boss Project was created to empower, inspire, motivate, and change the lives of full-figured women. Curvy chicks are boss chicks, too, not to mention beautiful, intelligent, and talented. Please check them out on Facebook at Curvy Boss Project, and their website is www.curvyboss.com. And with that, we will go to break. And if you can, you can, this is the Man in the Mirror with host Hezekiah L. Montgomery and co-host Michelle Johnson. You can chime in at 917-889-2271. Press the number one on your phone and we will get to get back, you know, let you um, come in, comment, and have some fun with us tonight. Okay. Um, give us a few minutes and we will be back.
Oh wow! Uh, it, this is this is one of those topics where um, you. And me, uh, I'm the realest in the bunch. I keep it realer than real, and I'm not one for sugarcoating. And um, as much as we have that problem, where we're talking about males, as I was saying in the chat room er- earlier, men need to be needed. And you have so many women out here who are saying. I don't need and I can do this, I can do that. A man does not need to hear that. Ladies, I'm talking to you. A man don't want to hear that all day, all night. And then you want to catch an attitude when he acts out or he rolls out. He's going to do one of two things or a combination of. He's going to either act out and or roll out. <laughs> then you want to become the infamous mad black woman because your man left you or he's over the friends because when you were running off at your mouth talking about him like he was a piece of property instead of your other half, then what, what's the problem here? This is where the problem begins. This is where the heart of the problem. We need to understand this. We need to stop sugarcoating this. We need to make it right here. Take the people who don't look like us out of that equation. We need to fix us. We need to mm. fix the people that we see in the mirror. Mm-hmm. We need them skirts down below our knees, and we need to pull those pants up from our ankles. That is not You're not expressing any sheer ignorance. The bottom line is it's time for us to change because I don't see the police. Now, I'm saying that they don't because some are just straight-up racist and they're out there to profile and draw revenue for the jailing system. But I see them bothering, shooting people in the back who weren't committing a crime or in – the process of committing one. Let's talk about the real issues here. Each one of the people, minus Mr. Uh, the last person in Baltimore, Mr. Gray, they were just doing what Baltimore police have done since I've known the word Baltimore. That's nothing new. They have been doing that, and I'm more than a half a hundred years old, and they were doing it when I was a child, and they were still doing it. Now it's just coming to a head. Then you have a male who one thing on Tuesday, and by Tuesday night she's changing, saying that's not what she really said when it really was. But the bottom line is simple. Too much miscommunication here. There's too many people who, and I I spoke about this on my show. I said, you know, let's talk about the whole problem, the deeper problem here. You have a male whose hair's always done, her makeup is done. If you have time to get all of that done, you should have been out there in the trenches showing the people that you care. But if you sit there getting your hair and your nails done, I have a problem with that. And trust me, people, I don't live in Baltimore, by the way. I'm someone on the outside looking in, and I was appalled at that fact. I was appalled when she got on TV and she said, yeah, well, we're giving them their space to tear stuff up. Quote, end of quote. I heard it because when she said it, I almost dropped everything that I had in my hand. Then she came back and said, I'd never say that. I'm like, but you did say it. I heard you live when you said it. So you're feeding into the media frenzy when you do this. Now, understand that there are some cities where they put old police cars and things, or rioters, they let them have that part. But she didn't know anything about that. She just said it. That's what she tends to do a lot of is to try to um, brush away or polish the issues instead of heading down. And I can say this. I was kind of – For me, I was more excited to see Sheila Dixon getting back into the race, and I'm not one to get into politics, but 
Sheila was out there in the trenches. When there was a problem in Baltimore, she was out there in the trenches. She didn't care what her hair looked like, her nails looked like, or anything else. She was out there in the trenches. Yes, we all make mistakes. She's paid for hers. Enough said about that. Nobody calling because we're not talking about that tonight. The bottom line is simple. We need to start addressing the real issues here. The issues are not the people who don't look like us. The, The issues are us. Our children aren't in school. We keep ladies. We keep having babies. Let me tell you something. This is a little secret. Y'all ready? Put your ear by the phone. Okay? Announcement. Okay, laying down with a man won't make him your husband, and it won't make him stay. It'll just make you pregnant with another mouth to feed. Hello? Mm, Stop it. You're right. Stop it. Okay? Stop it. You all are starting to get on my nerves that I had one child. He take care of him. He was something. He was a handful by himself. But you see, there's a difference between being a woman and being a lady. If you all want to know what it is to be a lady, for in 1995, no, I'm just kidding. You know. (laughs) (laughs) The bottom line is simple here. We need to clean up home. We need to stop living in our history. We need to start making a future and stop living in our history. We have been living in our history and using it as an excuse for our bad behavior for generations. It's time to break every chain, break every curse. Yeah. That's the bottom line. It's time to break every chain, break every curse. Yes, there are going to be officers out there who are going to stop you for no particular reason. Yeah, some of them, are, and when their partners show up, they're going to look just like us, and they're going to be right there with their white counterparts and non-black counterparts. Yeah, man, because <laughs> you know what? We got Toms and Thomasinas everywhere. That's the realization of it. These are the things that we need to address. And that's, that, okay, I'm going to be quiet now. I'm sorry. Yeah, I'd like to see oh, that. No. I mean, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this is why I don't visit now. This is exactly why I don't visit now. You know we love you, Maria. Don't act like that. No, you don't. You don't. You don't love, love me. You we love you, Daryl, because you keep it real. You came on and you, you did exactly what we know, and it spices up the show, because you got to keep it real. Let's you made real that comment. I, I, I spoke to someone earlier today. A woman thinks that if the, you know they see the pretty boy, oh, I want to have his baby. Okay, that's not going to keep him. You just got a baby by a pretty boy. So I'm trying to figure out. Well, that don't mean that the baby's going to be pretty. <laughs> <laughs> she ain't even pretty. The baby has a fifty-fifty chance of being pretty. <laughs> oh my! Okay. And if she that pretty, she don't need nobody. And if she that pretty, she don't want to have no babies messing up her body and her figure and her looks and all that. She don't want no baby. So right about now, whoever said it, there's a 50-50 chance. Well. I'm just saying. Well, I'm just saying. I, I, I hear what you're saying, but they're not your thinking like <laughs> a woman, a lady, and she's thinking about a girl after a pretty after that pretty boy because she want to have his baby. She ain't thinking, oh, it's going to mess up my figure. No, she's not thinking that. All she's thinking is uh, that that will make, like you said, it's not going was to keep her. Was she as pretty as he it's was? Just a, was she as pretty as he was? Don't answer that question. Don't answer that question. <laughs> Might be listening to the show. I'm sticking to my story. Okay? 
Because any woman that's lusting after something that pretty, if a man is pretty as I am, and I, I'd be like dating myself. I don't want that. I'm like, if you're that pretty, can you change a tire? Heck, can you change a light bulb? Mm. I'm like, because, you know, two pretty people sitting around that's too pretty to know how to do anything is useless. That's just a useless couple. And so what that mean if they make an offspring? I mean, come on now, people. All the looks, looks, looks. I have people that think I'm the ugliest thing on the earth, and then there's another set that think that I'm the prettiest black pearl they've ever seen. It's not about looks. It's not about making something that's pretty. What good is your is, – is, what's the – a few months ago they had that, that criminal, and they put out his mugshot, and all the women were saying all the crazy stuff about how good-looking exactly. he was. Exactly. And allegedly uh-huh. I remember and, that. Um, you know, I'm like, really? So what, you getting a pretty criminal? Guess what? You want your pretty baby when he go to jail? Guess what? Guess what's going to be waiting for him there? Hello. I'm just saying. Big butcher in them. I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) You know, again, we need to stop thinking about the wrong thing. We need to stop thinking. Somebody told me the other day when I told someone, I said, yes, go back to school. I said, if you started something, finish it. Oh, you've been brainwashed to think that going to college makes you better. I said, no, at no time did I say that. I said, when you start something, Mm -hmm. finish it. Because some of the greatest and most successful people out there never finished college. They just hired everybody who did to work for them. Hello? Okay. Mm. So even when you look at it, are you going to be the person that works, or are you going to be the person who finishes what you started? If you want to start a business, you do not need a college degree to do that. You need some people around you who have enough knowledge to keep that business going. If you don't, but you need a college degree to do that. So, you know, people use any and everything that we say as their excuse to stay at ground zero. Oh, you think you better. I can't stand when people tell me what I think because, trust me, if I told them what I thought, their feelings would be hurt for the rest of their lives. Because, really, it's it's not even that type of time. I'm just saying. I'm like, really? You? I think that I'm better than you when... In reality, I could give you the time of day. I don't care. I don't even think about you. And the minute we're talking, I'm going to forget this conversation and you along with it. So don't even mm. don't try to convince yourself that you're someone better than you are by stepping on someone else. Don't tell me what I think because, trust me, half the time I don't even know what I think. So it's impossible for anyone who's not in my head or part of who I am to know what I'm thinking at any given point in time, period. Enough said about that. Okay, Hezzy, I'm turning the show back over to you. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's always a pleasure because you always come in, you do come in with some helpful insight, and I'm hoping our listeners Listen in. You're listening to The Man in the Mirror with host Hezekiah L. Montgomery and co-host Michelle Johnson. You can call in at 917-889-2271. And we, we're having a good time on here with Maria Wall because she had a lot of great insight. And I like the fact that she keeps it real. And that is one of the tags of you know, my show is, Real people, real stories, real overcomers. And we were discussing which are you, sheep or a goat, loving your neighbors in today's society. You know, we are, and and I know Maria agrees, we are here to help people 
you know, we have to know that when we pass, when we pass along, we're, you know, he's going to ask you, what have you done? Have you been leading people? Have you been, you know, nurturing people? Are we out here trying to help our younger generation? Are we, you know, as she was saying, are we trying to help these young women know that you don't need a pretty boy? You know, you need, I tell people myself, first you need to love yourself. Be in love with yourself. So that way, if someone's not going to treat you right, well, if I'm going to treat me better, if you're not treating me the way I want to be treated, then I don't need you. I don't have to worry about it. But when that person comes around and is going to treat you the same way that you want to be treated, then you know that you found a person. But we have to get off of this thing that, you know, you know, I want to be with that pretty boy, that pretty woman, because I like the scenario she said, y'all both can't, if y'all both too pretty to learn how to um, put a light bulb in, y'all, y'all going to be in the dark for a long time. So, you know, we Then they can't to. see each other. They <laughs> can't see each other's prettiness when you're sitting in the dark. No, no. Exactly. Well, go ahead. Go ahead. Back to you all. Go ahead. Well, Back I, to you. I, I really think that we'll, the main thing um, is that we really need to stop being so self-centered. And yes, I said, um, Maria, I said, um, but we need to <laughs> stop being so self-centered because it's all about me, 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 me. What is, is this going to help me? It's all about me. This is what I want. This is what I want to do. And when everybody is self-centered, you know, how does that help us as a whole? Where Where is that unity? With the discussion um, tonight originated from talking about being a sheep or a goat. And, of course, we know in the Bible that it tells us that we're to be sheep or we're supposed to be sheep. And, and that Christ is our shepherd. So, you know, the characteristics of a sheep are almost opposite to a goat. And so, no, we don't want to be that goat because it'll, it, it'll be all about us. That goat is, is a stubborn thing. It, it has stubbornness and it has, um, mm-hmm. you know, just thinking about self all the time. But if we are a sheep, then we are moving in unity with one another and we're moving in love and meekness and we're following after the, the um, or we're imitating Christ. We're following after the example of Christ. So that is important. Those are things that we need to do and that definitely is we're trying to help mold and shape our youth we need to have those, like uh, Hezekiah was talking about earlier, the fruits of the Spirit. We need to have that because when we don't have that, it is all about us. It's, and we're, we're proud and boastful and conceited and, and only thinking about ourselves. So we definitely need to have those ingredients involved in us trying to interact with our youth and to change the thought patterns and the behavior that have brought us to where we are today. Excellent. And um, being self-centered, those goats are going to have to answer to Christ. When did we see you? When did we see you? I mean, they're going to like, okay, I didn't see you. That's, that's, That's the main thing they're asking. When did we see you? 
You know, we didn't see you hungry. We didn't see you that. I'll read it again. So for those who are just joining us, it says, Jesus teaches that when the Son of Man comes in glory, he will separate the sheep from the goats. Some were very unsuspectingly surprised. Remember that word, unsuspectingly surprised, with his answer at the end of that scripture. They They also will answer, Lord, when did we see you hungry and thirsty or stranger or needing clothes or sick or in prison? And did and did not help you. I read that again. And did not help you? Question mark. And he will reply, Truly, I tell you, whatever you do for the one of the least of these, you. I'm sorry. Truly, I tell you, whatever you did not do for the one of the least of these, you did not do it for me. Mm-hmm. Then they will go away in eternal punishment but the righteous enter eternal life. So basically is we are our brother's keeper. You know, sometimes we don't like it. It can be a messy situation. But we are our brother's keeper. We are the, those, if those children, all they see, if these young people, if the light, and I like what Maria says when she's working with the males as well, so they will see how a lady should be. So when they go away from her, they will be looking. She's being a light to them. You know, they will be looking for that lady. I'm hoping they will be because she is a lovely lady and she is a lady. So I'm hoping that when they walk away from her working with them and they and they see the opposite, and I'm hoping they'll be ready to run away because, you know, you know, do a Joseph, I got to go because this isn't what a lady is. Is it easy being a gentleman or a lady? No. Is it worth it? Yes. You know, mm-hmm. because, you know, it's going to be worth it. So, you know, as you, if you get that lady or that woman that God wants you to have, then you will be praising God for the rest of your life because you know that you took your time and you waited. But as she said, you know, women got to pull the skirts down, men got to pull the pants up. So we can teach mm-hmm. them how to be the young ladies and women of God or or young ladies and women of society. We have to change these generational curses that are going around because uh, we're losing our young people. If if we're not losing them, they're being killed. Society is taking them down, and the devil is winning. Go ahead, Aunt. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say it, it was that it's at an alarming rate. You know, we have, and it's not just uh, police brutality and that sort of thing, but it's we're killing each other. We are, um, you know, not just killing each other physically. We're killing each other's spirit by how we treat each other and interact with each other and killing each other physically. And, it, I mean, it just it definitely needs I like the the scripture that you read when you said, Lord, when do we see you hungry or thirsty? And, you know, that, you know, is talking about some physical uh, things that definitely, you know, if we see our brother or sister hungry or thirsty, we need to try to meet that need uh, and do so in love. But I, I wanted to take it away from just that physical meaning because, you know, these these young people out here, they are hungry for attention and for a positive attention. They are hungry for mm-hmm. love. We need to show them love and show them 
that how how love can be a good thing and it's not physical because they they equate love with something physical and that and love has nothing to do with with being physically intimate. But you know they they are hungry and thirsty. They they're thirsty to to learn you know the right things to do. They're thirsty for for knowledge. Their children mm-hmm. are like sponges, and so what what is it that they're soaking up? What is it they're soaking up? We need to make sure that what they're soaking up is good and positive, and is going to benefit them and be for their good. And so we need to, like we were talking about earlier, we need to really hit the streets and get out there and get involved with our youth. I cannot stress it enough, this is what we need to do. And we need to be involved in every level. We need to be involvement at home, involvement in the schools, involvement in the church, involvement in the community. These children need to be inundated with adults who are caring for them and loving them and giving them examples mm-hmm. of the Bible. And that's going to be the only solution to this problem that's taken years and years and years to develop. I love what Maria said about blaming it on the past. You know, people are still talking about slavery and this is that and the other. Okay, it happened. It's done. It's, you know, I mean, what more? We can't do anything about it now. It's over. Yes, there's still racism, as Maria was talking about. Yes, there's still issues that we have. But what is it that you're going to do? We get so stuck on what, you know, happened here or happened there or the past, like she was saying, that we don't move forward. So what are we going to do? What are you going to do today? What are you going to do tomorrow? What are you going to do in the next five minutes? Or I'm sorry, we're going to be on the show for the next few minutes. So what are you going to do at 931? What is it that you are going to do to save our young people? And that and that is the key. And, you know, and I can't emphasize that more about, again, what Maria said. The past is gone. We can't go back and fix it. You know, we can't keep blaming, you know, the people that aren't our color. We have to stand up. We have to, you know, take these young people. We have to steer them, you know, because, you know, I like what she said, and that's that's one thing I tell If you start something, regardless of how long it takes you, finish it. She said the young man, you know, started but wasn't finishing, and, you know, he didn't think he had to finish. And all she said is, you have to finish. Because then for the rest of your life, you're going to be a person that starts something but don't finish it. Our young people don't realize a lot of those courses in college you don't need but it gives you a well-rounded education. And it also see, and just what she said, can you start something and can you finish it? And they don't realize that a lot of employers will be looking, okay, he went to college, he finished. She went to college, she finished. They don't want to see, well, you started, you got a few credits. Okay, what are you going to do with that? Well, Excuse me. I think that a lot of people need to understand that when we get on this topic of college, it it also shows that you have the dedication to finish what you have completed. And like you said, Mm -hmm. people say, well, you went ahead and you got 25 credits. 
you couldn't even finish an AA degree. Why? A lot of employees will ask you why, and most people get defensive. Mm -hmm. But I will tell you all this. When you go to school, don't go to school and take the easiest thing out there because my graduate certifications from an Ivy League school will trump all of my degrees from the other colleges any day. So, again, you have to know what you're going to school for. Follow your passion. Follow mm-hmm. your passion. That's what it's about. It's not about going to school, getting, because some people are getting hurt now because they're like, I've got a master's degree. You have a master's degree in cloud watching because you took the easiest thing out there to take, and it means nothing in the real world. So make sure that it's something that's going to fuel the passion of your destiny and your life. And I'm not saying that you may not go to the left or the right a little bit and stray from your path, but you're not going to go but so far because life is about changes. Life is about that. When you finish what you start, that means that you are focused, you have the dedication, you have the drive, and you have the will. And that's what most people are looking for. But more so than this, I know, Michelle, you had mentioned something about people needing to learn how to love themselves. But before they get the love, because so many people mistake love with sex and not love with making love and all of that, we need to take that out of the equation and know that it's about R-E-S-P-E-C-T. We need to learn how to respect one of another and I'm not just talking about the young people because there's a lot of old heads out there the fact think that I would probably have to go to jail I'd probably be be you know doing one of those three stooges smashes you know smacks with a couple of them <laughs> like really let me just line you all up I'm like really so you know it, it like I said it's generational the young people they are hungry for knowledge, yes, but more so they're hungry for guidance because they have none. And they're hungry for someone to listen to them, not just hear them speak, but listen to them. They're hungry for someone to validate their existence because a lot of them are really just here being invisible because no one cares about them unless they act out. And then they end up being being an asset to the justice system. And we want to stop that. We want to stop that. You know, that's what it's all about. That's why I do my functions and things. That's why I bring together women and men. If I'm having a women's function, I say men are welcome. And that's why it becomes this wonderful, wonderful discussion when men and women can sit down and actually speak to one another with respect. And listen, not just hear and talk. When we talk and hear, it turns into a fight. When we speak and listen, it becomes a positive change across the board. So these are the things that we have to learn and recondition our minds to be expectant of and to grow upon. So back to you, Hezekiah, and, um, you know, Michelle, go ahead. <laughs> we uh, definitely thank you for ahead. that. Where y'all at? <laughs> <laughs> Did you have anything to say, Michelle? As we're you know, as we down to our last seven or so minutes. No, this has been a. Uh, I always say no and then keep talking. But anyway, this has been a, a great uh, discussion, and I definitely think that you know any of our listeners this evening. Don't just let the discussion stop here. 
you know, take that discussion and go to your church, to your community organization. This is a discussion we need to be having everywhere, and we need to be getting the word out, and we need to be out there dealing with our young people. So, you know, I'm just grateful for the discussion here, and I hope the listeners were able to get some great insight, especially from the lovely C. Maria Wall, um, who tuned in as well. And we just thank you all for listening tonight. And uh, we just wish that each one of you would would be the one to start something in your community. Excellent. Uh, thank you for that. But um, as we're winding down, you can still call in if you you know just want to make a one quick comment. Um, call in at nine one seven eight eight nine two two seven one. Again, I'd like to thank uh, the fabulous C. Maria Wall for chiming in with her great insight. Because you know it's, we we are all here, we are all here. People with real with real people with real stories, and we've all overcome something in our lives. And we're here for you. We're here for the audience. We're here to help you get through, understand, help society, you know, help Baltimore. Because with everything that's going on, but Lord just put this song on me, and I'm gonna play this song. Um, at the end, great is coming because our young people are great, and we want to see them thrive. We want to see them soar as gazelles. And um, I like to thank all of you who have been listening this evening. This was a good show because of the you know the participation and comments, all those who comment in the chat room, and all those who comment on the um, page. So just remember the 300 men, you know, we're, you know, they're getting together. Check that out. Um, thank you guys for all of your support. Please go to uh, my website at www.hezekiahlmontgomery.com and please sign my guest book. We are still doing um, the fundraiser for Rediscovering Kai the Play. Check it out on my website. And um, check the GoFundMe link. It will take you to the backing backers page. Please support the play, which we're still working on to make it happen. Um, and, and I always say God is in control of everything that is going on. And, again, I want to thank my lovely co-host, um, um, Michelle Johnson, because she's been great listening, you know, getting information, keeping it, um, the event page going on, checking out the chat room, everything. And, again, our goal for the fundraiser is $5,000. So we're just a little bit there, but we still have a lot more to go. And, uh, and again, please support the cause. Keep our young people in prayer. They need our prayer. They need our support. You know, we want. We don't want to be the goats. We don't want to be this, you know, guy say, well, you know, what did you do with the young people that were in your protection or in and around you? What did you do? You know, we don't want to be the ones saying, well, I didn't know. And if he says if you did the least of it, whatever you did for the least of these, you've done it for me. And as we're closing out, this is Hezekiah L. Montgomery signing off, and I'll see you at the mirror. And I'll have to go through three stages for it's all to run. It has to go through the shaking, the beating, and the pressing. And just like the olive, some of you may have felt like you go through the shaking, the beating, and the pressing. 
You went through all of that for your own to flow. Now your greater is coming. If it had not been for the shaking, I never would have been ready for the making. No. If it had not been for the beating, I would have never knew how anointed I would be. Oh yeah. If it had not been for the pressing, I wouldn't be able to walk into my destiny. He's preparing me, preparing me, preparing me for greater. I feel a shaking in the spirit. I feel a beating in the spirit. Oh, I feel a pressing in the spirit. Prepare. Beating in the spirit. Hey. 
Refreshing in the spirit, preparing me. 